It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. And uh, yeah, we're still looking at Australian time for the moment, and that is because I'm joined by the wonderful Mark Holmes. And Mark is an Aston Villa fan based in Australia, and he was at the United game at the weekend, and he was at the Leeds game, and he's going to come and he's going to talk to us about the buzz that was uh, that was in Australia around Aston Villa, and do a little bit of a debrief um, of the of the tour so far. Firstly, Mark. Very, very welcome to the to, to the podcast. Uh, thanks very much for having me on, Neil. A huge fan of the show, so it's a bit of an honour to be asked to come on, to be honest. So. <laughs> don't, don't mind that. Don't mind that. It's an honour to talk to me at all. Um, but uh, you guys may, may, may notice here, that's not an Australian accent. That's very much not an Australian accent. Mark is a fellow Irishman, and uh, he's in exile in Australia at the moment. Uh, but uh, he's uh, he just informed me before we came on that he's going to have six weeks back at the Emerald Isle soon. So uh, I'm sure he's delighted for that. But um, he had a very forgiving boss, he told me as well, prior to this, that gave him time off to go to watch some Villa games as well. And uh, and, and as I say, uh, we will chat about that. But firstly, Mark, like what's a, what's a man from Cork? Uh, following Aston Villa doing getting so lucky to be down in Australia when Villa started going tour down there. Um, I suppose I suppose at the start I grew up in a household. My dad was a scouser and my mother was from Cork. So on my on my mum's side of the family were Liverpool fans and on my dad's side of the family were Everton fans. My dad would have been a season ticket at holder for Goodison Park for years before he moved over to, to Cork, you know, my mother. Um I don't know, I suppose then I just started uh like Going to school, probably you know yourself, Neil. Most most fellas were Liverpool and Man United fans, and the yeah. year that uh, Villa were fighting uh, United to win for the first year in the Premier League, I think I just went a bit against the grain, you know, because everyone was supporting United, and then we beat them in the Coca-Cola Cup the following year, and then the love just really took off from there, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I uh, think that 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 '94 Coca-Cola Cup final, I think there's a lot of Irish Villa fans that can pinpoint their their love for Aston Villa for that win, and it suppose it just goes to show as well that winning breeds. 
you know, breeds a new new breed of fandom as well, specifically within the younger generation. And hopefully, uh, hopefully our brilliant win in the Queensland Champions Cup will breed that that <laughs> love and that fire down in Australia for Aston Villa as well. I tell I think with the 94 Coca-Cola Cup, I think as well, you have to remember too that rolled into the 94 World Cup. So you had Paul McGrath, Steve Staunton, Andy yes. Downs and Ray Elton. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a couple of months there where Villa was really prominent, you know, so I think that, that would have brought a lot of fans. But it was a year um, before I kind of, I started following them, but that's where I kind of grew, you know, the love for me. Yeah. Yeah, so I messed around in Ireland for a few years and then when I was 23, uh, 14 years ago, 2008, I jumped on a plane and went uh, travelling, yeah. And, um, <laughs> My mate, my mate came out here before me and I was going to book a return ticket and he was like, don't even bother, you won't go home. <laughs> so he was right. Here I am now, uh, 14 years or whatever later, as an Australian citizen of an Aussie passport now, Mrs. Australian, Australian kid. So, yeah, so it's been, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's uh, what brought me down here. <laughs> Cork's loss is Australia's gain, so Cork's loss I, I, is I wouldn't say that, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, as you say... <coughs> As, excuse me, as you say, as I say, um, you know, a lot of people would have killed to be down in Australia for the tour at the moment, and something that we've spoken about, and myself and Paddy have spoken about, myself and James as well on the podcast have spoken about recently, is that Villa seem to have done a bang up job of PR for this tour, and they've seemed to have really, really looked into kind of getting immersed to it in everything from Australia. They, they went with the Australian rugby team for for uh, you know, photo shoot and video shoot and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, that little kid in Townsville, Aston, and just everything seems. To have been very nicely coordinated with a real family team towards it around Australia, but that's just my view from about yeah. twenty thousand miles the opposite direction. But what was your view, I suppose, realistically at the Leeds game, which was kind of like a, a Wednesday night in, in in Birmingham, except implanted down onto onto Australian soil. Um, it was um, it, yeah. Uh, what you were saying about from the club's point of view, like I, I think the, I think the, the the phrase of the whole trip was that big club mentality. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's what. Uh, like I'm, I'm sure if you ask Stephen Gerrard in the morning, he would have wanted to keep the players in England. Like, but he's you know he knows how important these are to be a big club. You know, like the commercial mm-hmm. trips and stuff. You know, and um, I think it was a huge success. I mean, though, the the Brisbane flew over there Friday night, went to the Pig and Whistle Bear organized by the fans. Um, met Ashley Priest over there. Peter Witt was around there, and um, just like you were meeting, like um, you were meeting like Villa fans, are fifty five years of age, Australian, you know, Brummy parents, supported Villa their whole life, never seen them play, you know, and you were hearing this all the time, and I just the buzz over there was, it was just lovely, you know, because the time difference and stuff in Australia, like I mean, I get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch a game before work, you know, you're doing that on your own, so mm. buzz to be to feel like. You know, just the situation of having so many Villa fans around and you could just feel the anticipation of it, you know, it was just... Then the following morning, they had a big event. Some of the big events were actually organised by the supporters themselves, to be fair. Really? And um, all the pub, the pub events and stuff in Brisbane, yeah. Um, Perth was a bit different, all right, but then in the morning of the game, like, the atmosphere was just, oh, the queues outside the merchant shop, merchandise shop for people, and yeah, it's just ah, just a good buzz, you know. And then you went down to the um the, the game, the, the team she got named out, and Suncorp Stadium itself is beautiful stadium because it's a it's an NRL rugby league mm. stadium, you know. So it's perfectly square set up for the for the for the football. You the you the views perfect anywhere you sat. It's just a great stadium, and it just had that little bit of a feel of it being Leeds and stuff, and a lot of Irish Leeds fans too, you know. There was like the Leeds were well supported over there too, and um. It was uh, yeah, just a good day out, mate. And then um, there was a big session then afterwards, and you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can imagine. And on, on the Monday, then they flew to. Um, there was a big problem with people getting their flights cancelled between Brisbane and Townsville. Um, really? 
I suppose it's going on in Europe as well at the moment. Like those flights have been cancelled. I was lucky. I'd know what delays at all. But there was one flight going from Sydney to Brisbane, and it was the six a.m. flight, and people got a message at three a.m. saying the flight was completely cancelled. Um, oh yeah, so I wouldn't, then, I wouldn't uh, fancy the drive from from Brisbane to Townsville either. By the looks of it in the map, no, no. Um, <laughs> you're not going to do it. Like <laughs> so you had uh, some fans missing the Brisbane game because the Sydney flights were getting cancelled, and you had some fans missing the the the, the Townsville side of it. But um. Down the Gold Coast where they were training, the, the 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 players were meant to be fantastic, like giving out kids presents and you know mm. just just really embracing it, like you know. So yeah. it's, uh, um, and it's uh, oh, it's important that they remember that. I think to be fair, I think Leeds actually probably put on more stuff as a club in Brisbane than Villa did, but I think they really geared everything towards Perth, the WA for the big game against United. I think you know, um, mm. as I said, a lot of the stuff was fan led over and over in Brisbane, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, and that that's an interesting one, I suppose, as well, because you know Leeds didn't have that. Like they played Brisbane Road, they played they played ourselves over in Australia. I actually don't even know who else they played when when, when they were over there, but that was probably their. And I hate saying this, but that's probably their big one. That was probably their one they were setting their stall out for. And you probably can't have conflicting kind of events in. Well, you could because obviously Brisbane's a massive city, but I suppose those conflicting events might have might have uh, you know might have cancelled each other out. But obviously, if the club were going to put all their effort into the into the Man United one um, at, at the other side of the at the other side of the the the, the coin, should I say? Well, then that's something as well. But it's interesting to know that it was all fan led because I suppose. You know that local knowledge that fans would have of the area, and you know where's going to be good, where's going to be easy to get get people settled, where to go to, where not to go to, and things like that. Sometimes the the club could just go, boom, we're going to go here, and you know it mightn't suit everyone. It might be the most cosmopolitan, it might be the most upmarket one, but you know everybody down there will know a fella who owns a pretty decent big pub who'll be able to put on a right show for people, oh, and it'll yeah, probably mean more to him that intake as opposed to like I don't know, I'm going to be really stereotypical and say. Going to a walkabout or somewhere in the uh, yeah, in, in the yeah, middle yeah. of town, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, that and that that is good to hear, I suppose. In a way, it's good to hear that the fans did it, and the fans really took the bull by the horns and led, led the initiative there. And you went to the Leeds game, Mark. You went to the Leeds game. Was it as because uh, like it sounded like there was a super atmosphere there? Was it as good in person as it came across in the TV? No, um, like the atmosphere was all, it was, it was okay, it was good. Like, but like Leeds were probably, probably louder to be honest, because they got all into one big section behind the goal. All right. Uh, there was, I think, the ticket tech, the, the, the ticketing operation, they they made a bit of a mess of the tickets with, with the areas for a while. But it was forty thousand. They're well supported and stuff. But um, it's uh, look, Neil, it's it's the I don't know if you you know the Aussie rules football over here. I do. Yeah. yeah. The atmosphere is okay, but like it's it, it's not segregated. So apart from behind the two goals, was the fans were segregated. Whereas like where we were sitting, like you could have a row of seven Villa fans next to a row of four Leeds fans. It affects the uh, atmosphere a bit. It yeah, does, it, yeah. Because uh, the AFL do that, like it's not segregated in the grounds in the AFL, you know. Um. So whereas like, and I know that shouldn't really matter, but it makes a huge difference to the atmosphere when 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 That's... when when it's not being focused in one area to sing in or whatever, you know. Whereas Leeds got a big area behind the goal, so they. Got, Villa had a big enough area behind the goal as well, but um, no, the atmosphere was good, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. it is what it was the preseason. But they, I think the atmosphere in the buzz up to the game and after the game is where it was kind yes. of fantastic. You know what I mean? And did it turn sour in the stadium with Archie? With Archie Gray was 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 taken off because like 
social media just went into meltdown and like it turned out two days later he was walking around the place and he was actually fine you know um but i think there was this there was something always brewing on social media or whether it's on social media or not on social media between leeds and villa and more so coming from the lead side of things that it's a case that oh they're going to do something that's going to be absolutely awful and we have to hit them again and we have to hit them yeah. all over again and, and yeah look the tackle wasn't great but he's he's fine you know, he's fine again. And, uh, you know, I think there was an awful lot made out of it because uh, while it wasn't a great tackle, I could see what McGinn was doing to try and get the ball. Yeah, he stamped on top of his ankle as well and you can't take that away from it. But what was the atmosphere around the stadium when that happened? Because it was the, 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 refer, the referee, like, he, he he didn't really have much control of the game, to be honest. You know, yes, yeah. from, a specta- from a spectator sport, like, uh, point of view, like, you want to see that in the game. It added a bit to it, you know. It was like a real feel to it, you know. But, like, yeah. it's... They, they were hammering McGinn over that tackle, but what like buckets lost straight away is the young Gray is absolutely led her Bundia two minutes before it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, if you're going to play big boys games, like it's it's going to come back to you, you know. And yeah. that's that's that's. Uh, um, I think it added to the game. I think a lot. Look, no one wants to see him getting stretched off either. No, of no. course not. Um, no, no. Um, he, he he was fine. I think it was well known pretty quickly too that he was pretty fine. You know. But uh, I think uh, I think Jesse Jesse Marsh was making more of it than anyone. He was animated on the sideline, shouting him again, shouting it, uh, shouting at Gerard, you know. But they, uh, look, I think it got, to me, social media blew it, blew it out a lot worse than what it felt in the stadium, you know. Yeah, and um, look, obviously we we got when you said the ref did, didn't have control of the game, he still gave us two penalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. game as well. And uh, I would have literally, I would be a homeless man. Right now, if I had uh, if I had a betting app on my phone and it gave me the option to select will Coutinho score this penalty, I would have put my whole house on it that he was going to score the penalty. And then if the app had said double or quits, um, for would he if it saved would he score the rebound? I would have bet somebody else's house on that as well, and I would have made somebody else homeless. I I don't know how he missed the rebound. Like that's the rebound was nearly worse than the penalty. Yeah, it was, and and look, he went he went he went across the goalkeeper again. But like, first of all, the penalty was a perfect height, and second of all, the 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 rebound was it was neither here nor there. Right, he went across the goalkeeper. He didn't go across far enough. But look, as I say, it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. But um. What was it like seeing him, I suppose, in the flesh? Like, because I, when I went over to see him in Norwich, I was really looking forward to it. But he had a kind of, he, I won't say he had a poor game. He had a, he had a kind of a lackluster game. And a kind of, he, he sparkled for bits and pieces in that Leeds game. But, you know, for me, I, when I go over, when I, when I went to see Coutinho, specifically see him in the flesh, I'm expecting to see stuff that I haven't seen before. What was your view on him? Um, you can see the positions he picks up very good, you know. Like, I mean, he, but um, he's very patchy, like, you know, like he's, he does some brilliant stuff, like but like he's not doing brilliant for forty five minutes. He's in and out mm. of the game. Um, he like he set up a chance there for for Watkins. He was on a, onto it on a flash. I, I, I wanted to yeah. the back. I'm sure, which one slipped? He took the ball. Gone. Watkins. Watkins missed the one one. I said, right, I'm definitely at a Villa game. I'm definitely at a Villa game anyway. <laughs> 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 like he he had so much time and space to finish that. I, 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 he just went the wrong option. He went tight, but the, the the piece of play for it was just fantastic. Yeah. And there was a there was a little passage of play one one two between himself Kamara I think and maybe Bailey where 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 uh, he shimmed and let it run it was a brilliant piece of football apart from those two or three bits it was just it was just there you know he's <laughs> just part of the yeah. game but he wasn't spectacular or um, he wasn't bad or spectacular he had a couple of really good moments but you expect you know for the hype around him you expect him to be controlling the game I thought Kamara yeah. was exceptional on that first half he just he controlled the game you know. 
He um like for the, those first forty five minutes, I was like, right, Kamara, this is exactly the kind of guy we've been missing, you know. Yes. And and Bailey as well. Bailey, I thought was just yeah, I thought he was just he's brilliant to watch, like. Yeah, um, yeah, but he gets a bum off the seat kind of a situation with his pace yeah. and the fact that he's a direct runner. And, you know, I thought he was good against Walsall as well. And obviously, we'll get on to the United game in a minute where, when he kind of came on and changed the game. And, and you were fortunate enough to be there to see it. Shitty pitch and all. But you were there. To, you were fortunate enough to be able to there to be there and see it. But Jan Bailey did play well against Leeds as well. I thought that he was able to... He, he's carrying the ball is important because we need ball carriers. Himself and uh, Matty Cash, I think they, they look a threat down the side in, in, in that game against Leeds. I can't remember who was playing left back for Leeds at the time, but he was, stro- he was struggling against Leaf Davis, I think his name yeah, was. Fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they look like they played a full season together last year with Cash and, and Bailey, because like, Bailey was helping out big time in defence, but the, the overlapping and stuff, it was, it was really good to watch. And, um, and because it was the first proper pre-season game for them after the Walsall game, and it was like, you knew everyone was going off for 45 minutes, but I just kind of wanted to see a bit more of Bailey, because, yeah. you know, he's had, he's had such a hard time too here, and I think in a game like that, oh, look, I know he has to look after their fitness and stuff, but I think a game like that, when someone's playing well like that, give him that extra five, ten minutes, you know, keep the confidence building, but I think he probably has to protect them as well, you know, but from, exactly. from a selfish point of view, I would like to have seen him kept on for another ten minutes, because he's, he's always trying to do something. Yeah, whether, and it may not whether, come off, and as you say, he didn't yeah. have the best of seasons last season with injury yeah. and, and form-wise and stuff like that, but climatisation to the Premier League isn't just flick a switch and you're there. You know, no. he's a, he's coming from he's coming from the German League. He's also He was also coming back half-injured from um from the Gold Cup or the Gold, yeah. whatever I think it was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, was, there, there was all that as well. So, the Leeds game, look, as I say, I think the Leeds game was one that uh, it was a really enjoyable game to watch. I think I think both teams played a point part in that. Also, I think the ref played a part in it, considering that fellas yeah. were out getting each other's faces, Diego, Carlos, and so on. But then you went down to the United game just uh, just yesterday as well, and you mentioned that the club put on a lot of... like. What did the club actually do for that? Like, what was the, the club-led right, so activities? They, um, about they, that? they kind of handed over... Um... They're running a bit to a, to an events company, right? So the events yeah. company ended up on the Thursday night. Um, the WA government and uh, in association with this events company, they put on a, a night with Christian Perzo and Stephen Gerrard at, yeah. at a conference room. But those tickets just so like that. I think it was one hundred and fifty dollars, and that was like for your speeches and your like you know dinner dance oh, type thing, really yeah. good food, drink included. Um, apparently, now I don't know what truth is in it, but I heard a load of Liverpool fans snapped up the tickets. And I don't know what? if that's true or is that just a few Villa fans being bitter because they couldn't get a ticket, but it it did sell out like that. It would just 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 went at uh, the event and they started surfacing for a bit more expensive and then it just Jesus. Com- completely sold out. So that was really hard to get tickets there. Um I know a couple of people who went and they said it was good, but really rushed, really done, because they were weren't long off the plane into Port, I think, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then came Friday. Then on the Friday in the raffles, now this is the thing I was disappointed I didn't make it because uh, I had to work. And I was, it was, I thought it would be on a bit later in the evening, but it was on from four to seven in the raffle. So, for United, Villa, Palace, and Leeds, the four teams that came over, they all got given a specific bear to be their host bear for four for, to three or four days or whatever they're here. So, so the raffles got to host all the Villa events, another bear the United, so on and so forth. So on the Friday night from four to seven, they had Peter Witt and Elmo in the pub. Yeah, they done away jersey launch, but they didn't say yeah. any this. So. Um, and then they just said three first team players will uh, will attend, but they would never announce the players. I couldn't make it. Next time, one of my mates sent me a, sent me a picture. It was Danny Ings, Ezri Kanza, and John McGinn turned up at the pub. Yeah. Sat down, oh, done a few and them, and they're all wearing the away kit. 
mm. new wake and then they launched the away kitchen you know? so that was they, that was meant to be a brilliant night um and then the following morning that same pub done a pre-match event again from the club and peter witt done a question a q a before the game down there so yeah. just things like that, you know so there was a little lot more effort put in kind of in wa like you know yeah what do you make of the new away shirt i like it I, I yeah like it, yeah i like it yeah, too I, yeah um I haven't really been a fan of Villa shirt in a while. No, I'd say the, char- the, the, the Luke Championship one is probably my last favourite one, but they're home and away. Both look decent. They look tidy. The players look smart. And I, I like that. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. And, you know, there was a lot of hullabaloo about whether Castoria were going to meet the mark. And, you know, when people started getting the jerseys in their hands, they were like, geez, these are nice quality stuff. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, if my better half is watching this, I didn't order both of them on, on Friday <laughs> night. No, but I even, didn't order. Um, but, if, but if two jerseys get delivered during the week... I don't know if I hashtag gifted or something like that. I don't know what the story is, but uh, yeah, yeah, I certainly wasn't me that ordered them. Um, but it's uh, yeah, like that. That's that's a that's an interesting one as well. You know the fact that that no one was expecting the away shirt launch. Now everyone was kind of going, probably we'll do something over in Australia, but no one was expecting it. And look, that would have been a great one to get to, and you know that would have been super if you did get to it. But uh, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, you were unable to do, unable to get there. But on the day of the game, what was the build up to the actual game like? Uh, I'd imagine Man United were very, very well supported down there by Australians who are, uh, are maybe more see, fleeting yeah. with 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 football. They're in um, and out fans. Man United are huge in Asia. You see, and there was a lot of oh, Asia, yeah. Jeez, Asia. Yeah. Um, the last time the last time United were over here and played in Optus, they played Leeds. I think it was 2019, pre-COVID, let's say, right? And uh, I think they sold out the Optus Stadium and they sold tickets in 30 different countries, apparently. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. so they, because you know, they're just huge in Asia. Like, so you've got a lot of Asians snapping up the tickets and flying in now after COVID has opened up, you know? Yeah. So, so, so United, you know, they're, they're big. There's, there's no denying it. They're big. They're, they're, they're massive. Like, yeah, they're big. big yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, from, from a merchandise type and uh, commercial side of things, they're, they're, they're very big, you know? Um, but I tell you, the rain was absolutely biblical for three days. And it's, um, it's, there was actually a period where they were talking about canceling the game. There yes, was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I think, who, who was I reading? I think Johan Langa and someone else. Um, I don't think it was Porzo, but someone else, they went out to inspect the pitch about five o'clock because there was a lot of lightning being hit and all that. So in the end, they went, they went for it, but the pitch, the pitch was destroyed. Because like, um, they played Leeds and Palace on it the night before as well. Mm. And, and recently you've had, like, the state of origin was on the other day. Um, yeah. You've had Australia and, and New Zealand, or Australia and England in the, um, in, in the rugby union as well. So you've had a lot of games on it, but I think it was the Palace and Leeds the night before in the rain really dug it up, you know. Which is a shame because it is actually usually a good pitch, but because it doesn't really matter how rough the pitch is in the Aussie rules. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, it was a shame because like you, they go to play the ball and you could see the ball slow down. I don't know if you could pick that as up as much yep. on the TV, but in the, it was very evident in the stadium, you know. And it, 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 I saw that too, yeah. And in the first half, you could see that United were favouring the left-hand side for two reasons. It was probably the better of the two sides from the yep. quality of the pitch. And second of all, um, they had Rashford down there and they just doubled up Rashford, Shaw, and they pulled Martial out there as well at times. And yeah. Matty Cash, there was, there was some times there where Matty Cash was dealing with two or three people um, down that right hand side. And of course, then he scored the own, the own goal. And, and, and you know, a lot of people can look at that and go, Cash was useless. Cash, wa- Cash had a very good first 35 minutes. He oh, misplaced a couple good. of passes and then the own goal happened. And, uh, 
and then he just kind of like but the own goal happened as well it was like it was as you said biblical it was torrential rain and uh, there was one there was an image of Lindelof he couldn't actually see where he was going to play it in front of him he was kind of like this like the rain was just coming into his face but um you know on another day if that if that ball comes across and cash puts that up over over the crossbar and it goes up for a corner I think we're probably talking about him in a different way but they're very much it's not like they targeted him because they thought it was a weak link I very much think that they played down that side of the field because it was potentially the better of the two sides of the field if that makes sense uh, based on the the quality of the side. The um the Rashford, I thought Rashford looked lively now, to be honest. And uh, but Cash, Cash, as you said, for thirty five minutes, Cash, I thought he was excellent. And 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 he had a tough, he had a tough first half, you know. Like there was, as you said, there was a lot coming down his his area of the pitch, you know. But um, I was lucky where we were where we were sitting in the stand. The wind was going the opposite way, so we were staying dry. And you could just see the stands emptying on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely, I was insane. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the match itself. Yeah, I just thought we were poor enough in the first half, to be honest. Man, mm. United were far better than us in the first half. I mean, Fred Fred was running the show, and Fred should not be running the show in the middle of it. No. You know, to be honest, you know. Um, it's um it comes back to a bit to Coutinho as well, you know. Like if if he's not if he's not on the ball, he's not really he's not running yeah. tackles, he's not closing down space, you know. And that was the big difference when you see Buendia come on. Of course, he's not he's not everything he does isn't right, like, but everything he does is does with effort, you know. Yes. Like he wants to, he wants to be there. He wants to make things happen, and it was just, just when Bailey, you could see even at half time there, like when they come out win, they were eager for that whistle to go when Dean yeah. Bailey, like they were, they were moving, they were ready, and it just straight from the off they looked, they looked a different team, you know. Yeah. I hope that sends a message to the manager too, because like, you know, it, like it has to, like Coutinho, we all want Coutinho on the team, we want a good Coutinho on the team, but he has to be able to be dropped as well if if when yeah. Diaz deserves the place, and it, it, it's not going to. It's not going to work if, if that doesn't happen, you know. Exactly, yeah. And I know that, that Stephen Jarrett, even you know, in the bits and pieces that we've seen or we've heard from him, he's spoken very glowingly of how Bailey has held himself in this. And same with Wendy and even Callum Chambers as well. Yeah. He's spoken well of Callum, Callum Chambers too. But uh, yeah, I think over over the next few weeks, myself and Paddy will be having an awful lot of conversations about whether Watkins and Ings are actually um, are, are, like where because. It's just, it's it's not happening for the two of them together. We're what eight months down the line of uh of Gerard being in there and trying to play them in this system. And I, and and for me, it's not the Gerard system. I think it's just these two, like Coutinho and Ings together. For me, I don't think you can have Coutinho and Ings in the same starting team. I think they slow it down way too much. Ings mm-hmm. for Ings gets around the field, but um, I just find I, I find him incredibly slow and if himself and Coutinho get caught at the same side of the field well God bless the fullback who's there uh, on, on trying to deal with a counter-attack as well yeah. and I thought that was apparent in the first half um, against Manchester United specifically down that left the United left wing when Luke Shaw um, John McGinn was sucked into the centre as well and Matty Cash was lamb for the slaughter for the last 10 minutes of the first half I thought yeah. uh, they very much got that going but um, I think more so the biggest thing yeah the biggest thing there is that uh, like Ings was a one and two striker at Southampton, and we need to regain that form. Ollie Watkins obviously had a very, very good first season in the Premier League. Last season, he was in and out, and we can't afford to have another season whereby we're not that we struggled for goals last season, but we can't afford to have another season whereby you know maybe 
we're just one element away because last season we thought the number six was the element we were missing. Yeah, and yeah, I, know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it was. And now yeah. we can't be talking about, oh, well, if we only signed somebody like Luis Suarez in a free transfer. Don't kill me for that. I just couldn't think of any other striker that would have been out there that would be readily available <laughs> that has been linked with Aston Villa at this moment in time. And don't come at me with the Victor Arnestein or whatever his name is from, uh, from, from Napoli and all these big, big guns because Villa were never really linked with those guys. So, yeah. um, so that's the only reason I picked uh, picked Luis Suarez. You know, you know so, um, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you know Danny Ings though, like, you know, he's a finisher, right? Do you, do you, like, he is what he is. He's not going to, he's only, he's limited what he's going to do, but he'll score goals. Do you think we're creating enough chances for him? Genuinely that's the no. thing. That's the well, thing. And that's why, that's why you can't have, because Ings is going to come and look for the ball. He's going to want to create his own chances. And if Coutinho is there as well, they get sucked into the same areas of the field. And that's why they're, they're going to be slow on the break to, to, to get back both of them. So when they're taking up the same amount of space, it creates so much, so much more space for the counterattack. And that's, that's what I meant with the two of them playing together. That they're kind yeah. of hovering around the same areas and it's creating issues. Uh, creating issues for us when we're when it, our transition from being an attacking team then back to defense because John McGinn does pull centrally an awful lot and he wasn't yeah. without blame, I think, for, for a lot of those counter attacks yesterday as well. So, definitely the chance creation piece. Um, the Ings nearly isn't patient enough and he nearly kind of wants to take the bull by the horns himself, and then we get bogged down of having everyone in the same area of the field um for sure talk to me mark um so i suppose just to kind of i'm, I'm just conscious of the time here and i don't want to don't want to take up all your day but talk to me about who you think and i think we've probably already just came across maybe one of the losers one of the winners and one of the losers of the of the tour but talk to me about who you feel were the winners and losers from the aston villa point of view and we didn't even get to talk about some of the kids so bring those up if you feel that they're yeah yeah um i think definitely bailey as we said um Buendia, I think, should be, but whether he will be is another thing, because I don't know mm -hmm. what he has to do to get into the team, personally, or does Gerard just want want options off the bench, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That's probably a thing as well, you know, because he does come on hungry. Um, I thought Kessler Hayden was very good. Um, yes. in, in any, he's actually really good to watch, and it was scary mm -hmm. watching himself and uh, Bailey on the same wing together the other day in full flight, the pace of the two of them. And I have a feeling he might be kept around this year, because I don't think Freddie Gilbert's got anywhere near the team, to be honest. No, it sounds like the, like Gilbert wasn't even in wasn't even in the twenty five yesterday. Um, yeah, he wasn't even in the match day twenty five. So I I think that I think that he's not long for this road, uh, Freddie Gilbert. And look, Ken Kessler Hayden has all the talent in the world. I think it would still even be as beneficial for him to stay and learn behind Matty Cash. Like Matty Cash is number one right back. I saw some things on oh, social yes. media last and, night. And he should be. And he should be. He's and not. He yeah. He, he he is like you have to bear in mind as well that when when Ken Kessler Hayden came on, he was playing against a young uh, a young Dutch guy that had only just joined the club uh, two and a half weeks ago as well, and he basically made him basically ate his lunch to be honest with you with his pace. I know he played really well, don't get me wrong, and he's all the talent in the world, but I think it's probably a small bit premature to say, well, maybe is he going to push Maddie Cash for a starting spot? Oh, no, I think Maddie Cash is so up but, inside uh, there. I, I think they might, he might be kept around as the backup. Because, oh yeah, uh, I, I might be wrong now, but. Um, what I what I what I what I thought about him in the two games as I signed him is that uh, he does like he's obviously not positionally he's not there like nowhere near it but he <laughs> almost he almost naturally does what Gerard expects of his fullbacks he just has it in him gets forward on on uh, like initiative you know just straight away just he's always looking to go forward and like yeah. I just I just I just thought I was impressed about it. like he's not going to host many cash nor should he. But yeah. I was just I was just very impressed watching him and Bailey just absolutely slice them apart with the speed because we don't have that. We don't have yeah. the pace of the team. And, and we don't have ball carrying ability. Uh, and and this, myself and Paddy have been long on the road of saying 
you know what? I wouldn't rule out a move further far, further up the field and maybe playing a Kessler Hayden in front of a Matty Cash at some yeah, stage yeah. during the season if we were going to go with more wider players, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. and something to like it's not beyond the realms of possibility because while he's brilliant going forward, that's never in doubt. He is a bit reckless in his positioning in defense, but that's just the frivility of youth, I think. And that's something that he will pick up. And even when we were speaking to to the Swindon um to the Swindon podcast last uh, in, in my lawn oh, watch. Yeah. I don't know whether it was on the pod or off the pod. He said, this guy's a fantastic talent. He's going to be great. But he, sometimes he needs to learn that, you know, it's not right or over stuff and you can't just go kamikaze up the field. And that's completely, as I say, we've all, we all like, it's it's completely understandable that he would be that that uh, part of his development at the moment. But it's something that can be learned, I suppose. But you can't learn the pace and the ball carrying ability he has. So you don't want to knock that out of your mind for sure. Um, give me give me a couple of words on Cameron Archer. Uh, we complete, I completely breezed over him in the Leeds game, but Cameron Archer came on, and uh, what 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 did you make of him in the in in the short period that he was on field? Uh, look, I, I I think his biggest role came in the Townsville game that I wasn't at. Yes, so it's, yeah. uh, watching that on TV, but look, I don't, I certainly wouldn't be uh, basing it on last night's performance. I wouldn't be kicking out things or Hawkins off the team before him. You know, I think he, there's definitely talent there, and his movement is good, and you can see it. But I. Uh, I don't see anything but a loan to the championship for for a season, really, Matt. To be honest, you know. Um, I, I think it all depends on who we bring in, and I I actually think we will come home from this tour of Australia and go. I think we need a striker. I think Stephen Gerrard yeah. sit down and go. I think we need to bring somebody, and I think we need to because I because Keenan Davis ain't it, and, and he's going to go back out again, whether it's on loan or on a, on a full transfer. Um, Cameron Archer will be kept around, but I think there'll be a fourth body brought in there for sure. Who it is, I could not tell you. I think it's going to be one of these. Oh. Ludwig Augustinsson, yeah. never, never on the radar at all. He just signed all of a sudden. It could be something like that where I we just, do our business in the shadows again. I was just thinking that, um, like, I, I think that, like, he, it would, I know it's, it's such an obvious one, but he probably will be sent off down to Michael Beale or Dean Smith for a season, you know? Go get Maybe. yourself 20 goals, lad. Oh, yeah, like, I just, I don't, I know we need goal scorers. There's no doubt about that, but it's just, we, he could be a long, long term striker for us. He could save us millions down the run. And, if you're not going to be, if he's not going to be playing week in week out, what's, like why not send him to championship and score twenty goals mm. for himself? You know, like that's that's the reality of it. Like, but as you say, it all depends on who we bring in. I think yeah. if they find a suitable replacement, he'll probably go out and loan. But if they don't find anyone, you're going to need to three strikers with just five subs. Yeah. You know. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because with his new contract, Villar Villar looking at him long term. It's not like 2022-23 season ain't going to be the make or break of him with Aston Villa Football Club. They've signed him to a long term long term contract. I I I I'm I'm now convinced that I, I would keep him around. Um, but if the club saw fit to loan him out, and as you said, he goes down to Michael Beale or something like that and bangs in 20 goals in the championship, that's still brilliant for his development as well. Yeah. Yes. 
I would be kind of looking going, oh, why don't, we've got a 20-goal 20, 20 uh, season striker down in the championship and we could have done with him ourselves. But I suppose the long-term vision of, of, of what he can be is, is, is something the club are also looking at to try and future-proof that too. But look, as I say, it all depends on who comes in. But the, the, the big thing that came from this, from this trip is the kids are just fine. The kids are great. Oh, and we should be excited about the kids and we should put our arms around them and get used to hopefully having them here for a long, long period to come. Um, I'd like to ask your opinion on one thing there, Neil. What do you think yes. of the curious case of Mark Morgan Sanson? It's so hard to work out what's going to happen with him. I thought he was just, brilliant yesterday. I thought he was, he was really excellent. good. Even in the stadium, again, he was one of those lads who come on and he just wanted to do something. Like, you know, he's, yeah. so it's, it's hard to work this Jared like him or not. You know, it's, it's I don't know. Well, you know, if you th- I, think I of it this way, so he 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 got an opportunity to impress uh, more so on this uh, on this tour than somebody like a Bertrand Trory. You know, so and I know there there are conflicting positions that they don't play in the same position, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sansan stayed around regardless. But also, I do think that it's 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 nailed on one hundred percent that we're bringing in another central midfielder anyway. On top of that, but uh, you know, I think I think that they'll play cool with Sansan. They don't need to sell him if that makes sense. And it was um, a good price. It's not like you know they need, oh, yeah. we better sell him now before his value drops too much or whatever. Like you know, what I mean, it's, yeah. not, never, it's never going to be a big hit in him if he goes off for five million in a year or two or whatever. You know, it's just yeah. whether he wants to stay around. You know, because he look he looks like a guy who gets frustrated if he's not playing. You know, yeah, absolutely. But uh, himself and Douglas Luiz, I thought were really good in the second half yesterday as well. Um, I, I think it'd be a huge mistake if we lose Douglas Luiz. I, I genuinely believe that. And, I, and I, I, think I, I think I think we're fun. going to. Do, well, I, I think we're going to find out maybe in the next week uh, if he's going to sign a contract or not because I think he's open to signing a contract. I just think they need to find the right number for him whereas like the Kari Chukomeka isn't open to signing a contract at the moment. Yeah. So he's been dealt with in one way. Douglas Louise is obviously a small bit more... Uh, I'm going to just come out and say it. He's probably handling it in a more mature way that he, he knows that there's a window, there's a shop window for him there. But at the end of the day, he's willing to stay with stay with Aston Villa as well should the right offer come along. And to be honest with you... I, a bit more, you know? Uh, yeah I think so too and and I think with Douglas Louise I think the offer will be right I I just have a funny feeling that he'd stay Alicia Lehman has signed on for another few another year or two I think at Villa and look things seem to be rosy in the garden there and I'm not saying that's the only thing that's going to tie him to Aston Villa but I think also what Villa would like to do is I think Villa would see the see the, the the benefit in maybe going okay right we were offering him I'm going to pluck a number out of the sky and say we were offering him seventy grand a week he wants eighty listen we pay eighty we'll maybe tag another year on to the end of his deal so that we future proof his price and then if AC Milan come back for him next season then he still is worth thirty five million to us as opposed to going for free next season so you know there's there's kind of there's there's financial games and there's business games that we played in contract signings as well and some Sometimes the club might just look at it and go, right, we just suck up the, the extra five or seven or ten grand or whatever he wants a week and we give it to him to future-proof his, 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 uh, his, uh, our investment in him going forward so that we don't lose him for nothing. Um, and, and I think the, the club have been good with that. The club have been historically good with that with the likes of, yeah. uh, even with Jack Grealish, you know, consistently signing him to a new contract so he never got to a situation whereby no, he's going to yeah. lose his value. His value is always going to be high because the club were in no position. They didn't have to sell him unless they got the offer that they wanted for him. And the less said about that, the better. Mark, yeah. listen, I've taken up tons of your time for a 15-minute podcast. We're 36 yeah. minutes. I really, really appreciate the time Appreciate the time that you've given and the insight that you gave to specifically all the events that were run in, in uh, Australia but in Brisbane and Perth um, I, I really really appreciate that and uh, yeah as I say it's great to get your insight and, and thanks a million for popping on today
No worries. And uh, just a, sh- a shameless plug there myself, uh, Neil. If, uh, um, you can, of course. We were on a, we were on a podcast there a while back and then Paddy sent it on to you there. But like we're going to... Oh, he did. The three of us are going to list, are going to be on that regularly now. The three or four of us are going to do it regularly. So if you want to have a look at that and listen to that and like that yourself and get an insight into that, it's going to be an Irish lad, an Aussie lad and an English lad and a Villa fan. So it'll be a bit of a mix. And, yeah, so... Yeah, what I'll do is I'll actually link to that podcast as well because it's Aston Villa. It's Aston. They're all, you're all Villa fans, you know, based yeah, in Australia. It's like Aston Villa, Aston Villa Australian um, podcast essentially. Yeah, and that's good. Cool. That's great. That was a good listen. I listened to it last night, and actually, I meant to went to open by saying that. But uh, look, it's only ten o'clock a.m. here in Ireland, so uh, the brain is still on, is still uh, is still in first gear. You wouldn't believe how popular your uh, podcast is over here. Like the amount of people when they heard my Irish accent over in Brisbane and stuff. Oh, I love the love Paul McGuire podcast. It's hugely popular. I, I, I was, <laughs> so they hear my accent, they'd be like, uh, away, oh, Neil Paddy. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. A <laughs> lot of people tried to kill a lot of time so over in Australia after listening to us. But no, that's, that's, that's good, good to hear. Australia is like a stronghold for the front love of Paul McGuire podcast. I like that. That's nice to that's hear. Good, Thank like, you. Uh, <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, Mark, uh, as I said, thanks very much for popping on. Thanks very much. We've had the bones of 80 people watching throughout the whole lot of this. I really, really appreciate it. If you could give this a thumbs up, uh, I, I really appreciate it. I'm going to link to, to uh, Mark's podcast as well, to the link to the podcast in the podca- in, in the, the YouTube notes and I'll also put out a, a Twitter uh, a Twitter piece on it later on as well because, as I say, it was a really good listen. And, uh, yeah, look, you can't have enough Villa podcasts because I think there's a space for every one of them. Uh, in the market at the moment um, and that's fantastic as well but uh, Mark once again thanks a million for popping on and thanks to everybody for watching we will be back myself and Paddy will be back probably he's back in the country tomorrow and I know he's looking to get rare and to go as well so he's a few a few thoughts on the Man United game and on the Australian tour in, in general so I suppose I better let him get those off his chest because uh, we don't want those festering <laughs> and then we'll be doing a, we'll be doing a match preview for the Ren, for the Ren game then later on in the week we probably will get to it. We, we will definitely be doing a new season preview at some stage. I don't know whether it'll be this week or early next week. So stay tuned for that as well. But once again, Mark, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I, I, I'm going to guess and say it's about five o'clock in, in Australia at the moment. So enjoy the rest of your evening or afternoon. And, uh, and thanks, William, for popping on again. Cheers, man. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the best, everyone. See you later. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.